This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The mayor, of course, who promises Vancouver can walk with swagger once again. Now, over the weekend, a video surfaced on social media where uh, Mayor Ken Sim was at the Catsilano street party. Now, in the video, Mayor Ken Sim, along with a couple of other men who were in the in the visual, one of them happened to be Councillor Ben Klassen, uh, they were shotgunning a beer. Uh, now, some have criticized the mayor. Others have said it was all done in fun. Take a listen. There we go. This is a shotgun city. like that shotgun city. Now, no one's complaining about, you know, what happened uh, at the festival, but I think it does raise one question. October will be the anniversary of when uh, Ken Sim and his party uh, won a supermajority. What have they done since then? October 15th, I think it was election day. Uh, Sure, it's been a short time. It hasn't been a year yet. Lots to go still. But for a mayor who doesn't wear a suit to work, as he proudly says, he doesn't wear a suit and tie, he was very casually dressed, he chugs beer, as we heard there, and he promises to bring the city swagger back, we get that. We get that uh, different profile of a mayor. But what about his policy successes? What's he done uh, at the council level? And joining me now to discuss the issue is Francis Bula, political contributor uh, for The Globe and Mail. Francis, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be calling you over uh, uh, the mayor shotgunning a drink at the Cozzolano street party, but here we are. Uh, what did you think of it? What was your reaction when you heard about it? Well, it kind of fits in in a way with the image that he's been projecting. Um, you know, I'm cool. I'm bringing fun back to the city. Maybe not the kind of fun necessarily everyone is into, but a certain type of fun. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I, you or someone else called it a sort of a tech bro look and, and yeah, there was a bit of that. So, I mean, I, I, I think he's trying to, you know, project a positive image. Mayors like to do that and say, our city is great and you can have a good time here. I'm not sure how well the shotgunning thing goes over. Yeah. <laughs> the con these days over drinking in public, drinking in the parks, people doing uh, drugs in the parks and so on. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the kind of fun image you necessarily want to convey. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure he was egged on uh, by the crowd there, and uh, I guess to a certain degree, one could argue uh, if if that's what the room was wanting, that's what the room was wanting. But I, I think this actually plays to a bigger conversation. Well, I hope he never goes to a strip club then. <laughs> I, I think that should be a given, and you're the mayor of Vancouver. Let's <laughs> hope. <laughs> but let's, uh, you know, when I thought saw that, I sort of thought about, you know, the position he's in right now, not just being mayor, but he has a supermajority on council. And I know he had promised 100 police officers, 100 mental health nurses, which uh, they've moved forward on. The budget's there. Uh, it just won't happen right away, but they're in the process. So it's it's moving forward. They're going to hire them. But in regards to what he represents, there's also been a significant property tax increase uh, in Vancouver, over 10%. Uh, never, No one, else, I think, expected that from a Ken Sim administration. Yes, 
they, uh, you know, got rid of the parking tax and some of these annoying little paper cup fees and that kind of thing. But I always figure it, a, a government that has a supermajority or a majority gets things done the first couple of years, and then you start thinking about the next election and preparing for it. Uh, so far, it hasn't been a year yet, but we're getting there. There hasn't been a lot that I think they can point to that's been accomplished, or maybe I'm wrong. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is hard to come in and, uh, you know, upend things, especially there are 6,000 employees at the city, and so that's, you know, quite a freighter to be turning in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is difficult, but, you know, this is like the third big sweep, you know, um, kind of council I've seen. And when I think about it, when Larry Campbell came in in 2002, I mean, he had got a supervised injection site going within a year, which is something he'd promised. And he just put on enormous pressure, went to Ottawa for it and everything. And also legalized basement suites everywhere in the city. There'd be massive controversies over it. And just, you know, sort of with the stroke of the pen one day, he and his council voted and said, yep, they're all legal now, uh, which was a pretty big housing move. And then when Gregor Robertson came in, um, well, the first thing they did was fire Judy Rogers and put in Penny Ballum, who, whatever you think of her, I mean, she brought in big changes uh, and they, uh, you know, uh, brought in a huge focus on sustainability and hired a new uh, uh, deputy um, uh, who would focus very much on sustainability, and he started a roundtable on tackling homelessness. And, you know, he didn't wipe out homelessness in Vancouver, as he had promised, but um, there were some definite accomplishments. They got winter, the province to agree to fund winter shelters. Uh, you know, they put a lot of pressure on the province and on private groups as well to come up with money for shelters and for housing. So... Um, there were some definite accomplishments, even though, like, the, the, the things that the city are, is grappling with, housing, social issues, those are not things that are going to get solved overnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I know every new council has new people in it. Do you think there's a bit of policy drift with this one? I mean, they had a chief of staff, a new chief of staff, and those things happen. I get that. But do you think uh, this is a question of just being over, you know, having a lot to do? Or is this a case, do you think, there is a bit of a policy drift on, from this group? Well, I think that they are not willing to, they don't have someone strong enough to say, we're going to do this, we don't care what staff says. I think they're feeling a bit stymied by the, you know, staff coming back and saying, no, we can't do this, that there, we need to work more on this, or there has to be more policy work done on this. Uh, and, um, you know, I think if there were, a, you know, Ken Sim never had strong policy. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He'd be probably be the first one to admit it. Well, maybe he wouldn't actually. But anyway, he didn't have a strong policy. It was more just like, I'm going to bring change uh, and the big focus was 100 police officers, 100 nurses. Um, but there's, there doesn't seem to be anyone either in the mayor's office or on council who's willing to say, okay, let's make a big, bold move on housing. Let's just say six plexes everywhere right now. Like, we don't have to go through a lot of, you know, convoluted hearings and this and that and everything else. We see what the surveys say. We see what the need is. Let's just do it. Like, and it wouldn't have to be something that's 
solved all the housing issues, but something like kind of quick and visible, um, you know, because right now what we're seeing is things like, oh, we got the fountains opened up, you know, or mm-hmm. we we went out and painted over graffiti, or we chugged beer at the Catalano <laughs> Festival. Like those are not big moves. No, no, they're not. I mean, I got to hand it to them beyond um, uh, the Catalano Street Party. Uh, and many other community events, I think one thing this group does is a lot of uh, dinners and lunches and festivals, and they're they're physically out there meeting people and doing all those types of things. But somewhere in the, uh, somewhere along the way, as you say, you have to get in there and start governing and making some of these decisions because ultimately it's your policy decisions that actually leave a long-term mark uh, in regards to if you want to make, make any changes. Do you think Ken Sim's enjoying, enjoy, beyond the beer, do you think he's enjoying the governance side at all, or do you think this is bores him? Um, I haven't seen signs that he's a policy wonk of any description, you know, not the way... I mean, Larry Campbell wasn't either. He had a few things he wanted to do, and other than that, like, he was so totally bored by policy, you know, mm-hmm. like, you could see him fall asleep in front of you. But um, uh, he's not a policy wonk the way Gregor Robertson was, or certainly not the way Kennedy Stewart was. That's okay if he had strong people around him who were. You know, that the mayor doesn't have to be everything as long as you've got a strong team. But I, I don't see anyone on the team, either staff or council, yet. Uh, and there could be things going on in the background for sure that I don't know about, but I don't see it yet. Like someone who's coming up with big, strong policy ideas, you know, and one of their other things was, you know, resolving the building permit thing. Well, you know, it seems as much of a mess as ever. And then, you know, there's Vancouver, like many other cities, is dealing with the fact that building permits are actually declining because, you know, a lot of builders are saying we can't actually build right now. Like the financing costs are out of this world and mm-hmm. uh, so is labor and materials. Um, so we're not seeing visible progress and we're not seeing a big policy move. And so it tends, it's tending to be a bit, I, I'm, I've, I'm always critical when people use this word, but I'm going to use it anyway. A bit performative. Hmm. You know, like we're showing that we're a jolly, happy city and we care about things. But but what's actually being done, it's, it's not that clear. Yeah, and I, I I'll give the benefit of the doubt. It's still early, but, you know, when I saw the beer checking, I kind of thought, you know, you got a year. Year will be October, and you've done a couple things. But you yeah. gotta, you gotta. When you make those big bold decisions, you gotta prepare them and be ready to go. And I'm not sure how prepared they are. Well, so. exactly. And and you know, you made a really good point that I hadn't thought about before. But yeah, when you have a super majority, that's it, that. The, your first year is when you can do things because you know you can inflict a lot of pain, and hope that people will have forgotten about it by the time the election rolls around in four years. So. Mm-hmm. Or they'll have adjusted or they'll have seen the world isn't coming to an end. Um, But, you know, kind of the biggest move they made, as you said, was the 10% tax increase. I mean, they are showing that they're willing to approve housing, like 105 Kiefer. I think there's other things coming along that they are going to approve. But just approving things already in the system, I'm not sure that sends people a message that they're making a big move on housing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, it, it... (laughs) <laughs> as a, as the 
the party that is the opposite of Kennedy Stewart or Gregor Robertson, a 10.7% property tax increase is not going to be anything that's going to sell and doesn't differentiate differentiate you as the fiscal conservatives, that's for sure. So, you know, I thought that was a right. big, big mistake. Not, you know, at the very least, be seen. Well, you could defer some yeah, of those costs. Perhaps say, look, we're not spending it this year. I just don't know how they go to their people. I know it was late in the term, late in the budgetary process, but I don't know how you say yes to 10.7%. I just don't get it. Well, I think it could be more easily accepted if it was accompanied by, and it's funding this really big move that we know you all want. Mm -hmm. But again, I'd have a hard time saying what that is myself, and I think a lot of people would. So, So then that's harder to take if you feel like, oh, my God, like it's just basic operating expenses and this is going to keep going forever. You can see where people get a bit panicky. Feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Final question to you. Uh, have you ever shotgunned uh, a beer? Oh, no, but I don't claim to be a saint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe oh. I drank an entire bottle of scotch when I was 16 and have lived, you know, have regretted it ever since. But no, <laughs> I, I haven't shotgunned a beer. I can tell you <laughs> I have, but it was a prerequisite when you come out of the Williams Lake. I'll tell you that much. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of course. Well, I worked on commercial fishing boats, so we had a kind of different level of uh, misbehavior. Absolutely. Francis, thank you <laughs> for your time. Great chat with you. Okay, nice to talk to you. Bye-bye.